Hola, mi nombre es Joe Hogan. Muchos de ustedes me conocen como Epic Grays en varios videojuegos y redes sociales. Bienvenido el... Es uh, good God. Es odio... Centos and... That this is terrible, and I'm going to be offensive if I keep going. Bienvenido a episodio 176 de Geekitude, un podcast de cultural geek que celebra el geek interior que todos llevamos dentro. It's a lot harder when you're trying to say it for the podcast because I tried to run it a couple times. I I, I got ahead of it this time. <laughs> Next time no I'll put it through time. Latin. <laughs> Hi everybody, it's what episode 176 and because the intro is different, it means it's a Rob episode. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. I thought you did a good job. Thank you. I, I got a ways in and then I got tongue-tied and Yeah. Well, trying to yeah, 176. My my 2 years of high school Spanish taken in Minnesota, you know. <laughs> I don't think I could pull out 176. Uh, I don't know if I remember all my numbers. Ciento centena y seis. I looked it up. Awesome. I just couldn't say it. I couldn't. I like. Yeah, I probably would have been fine if I hadn't gotten to sententa. But yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, setenta. 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 All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're offensive white men. Let's continue. Yes, I like. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize <laughs> profusely. Um, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Joe. I uh, I this morning I finished listening to your last episode with Ray, and I have to say I'm I'm so happy you were able to finally get there. Yes, <laughs> and the same for Ray. I am so happy that Ray was finally able to get there and finish out the. Uh, the DC animated stuff and that it sent him back to the beginning to start watching Batman, the animated series again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we've, we've, we've had a lot of good geekery. Um, it's not been, um, a lot of varied geekery. I think we're doing a lot of the same thing over and over again, but we're, we're having a good time. So it's good. And, yeah. and it's, it's very, we, we've gotten more feedback from this one episode that we have in a long time. And, uh, and so we will have some follow-up at some point when Ray and I are able to get back together and um, address some of the questions that people asked about our approach to um, new mutants. Yeah. I'm also, I'm also jealous of Ray because it's like, he's experiencing all of his own geekitude for the first time again through somebody else's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that idea I think all geeks love that. Like we're, we all become excited 12 year olds when we get to share the things we love with somebody who's unfamiliar, but willing to hear us out, willing yeah. to learn because it's such a rare thing. It I'm that is. way with my friend's kids sometimes where it's like, oh, you like comic books? Buckle up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to my niece getting a little bit older. I mean, my my brother's a geek and I know he's getting her, you know pointed in that direction, but I think Uncle Joe's going to have to jump in here and there and go, here's some comic books. You need to read these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just nudge him in that direction so you have something to talk about with the next generation. Absolutely. Especially since we're not going to have kids, so <laughs> she's it. She's taking care of me when I'm older. <laughs> there you go. Um, what you been up to? Uh, living life in general quarantine. 
Uh, the wife and I just put out an episode um, just before we started recording here, actually. Um, so the, there is a new episode. Finally, we do about one episode a month of of my podcast and sometimes Rob. And uh, we didn't manage to get one out in November due to lots of family things. But part of that was actually travel. Don't at me. Um, but we did, we did, well, it was a whole thing. It was like, there was a lot of conversation and discussions and disagreements, figuring out how we were going to do it. If we were going to do it, uh, we were supposed to go to New Zealand and that didn't happen because of COVID and my wife really, really, really needed to get away. And so we were trying to figure out where you can go. That's away from people. So you can be distant from everybody, but still feels like a trip. Um, and so she has a sister in Arizona. Um, and so we decided to go down there and we went and had, you know, a, a lunch with them or, or hung around out outside with them and then, uh, stayed at Airbnbs and like went to the Grand Canyon and did a lot of hiking, but it was very much the, just her and I for a week. Um, we never ate at restaurants, even though you're able to do that, I guess, in Arizona, it was always, you know, wear your mask, pick up food. Airports are terrible. Like if, if you're the sort of person that is listening to this right now and wants to reach through and punch me for having traveled during a pandemic, which I don't blame you for, um, don't travel yourself because the people in airports and on planes are awful. Now we didn't have any like scenes of people screaming and arguing that they weren't wearing their masks, but both coming and going from Arizona, I had to tell the people sitting next to us multiple times to put their masks back on because they'd wear them on the plane and then they'd start eating and then they just leave them off for like five minutes, 10 minutes. And you had to be like, Hey, you, that thing dangling from your ear, it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's bad. And I mean, there's, you've got to have, you've got to, you've got to be able to work within the system and, I, for us, we had we had thanks we had people over for Thanksgiving. My mom chose not to join us, and I completely respect that decision. But um, my brother and his daughter have been, um, you know, in their bubble, and they've been trying to be relatively safe. And our yeah. friends from Minnesota who are out here seasonally have tried to be very safe, and one of them's immunocompromised, so they've really made sure that they're really safe. And so we didn't. We're we're lucky because we're in Southern California, so we could do an outdoor Thanksgiving. Everybody right. wore their masks. It was it was restaurant rules. The only time you've got it off is when you're eating, um, you know. And we and it, it allowed us to see each other and hang out. And you know, we probably would have been fine just hanging out because everybody's been so careful. But you know, right. we're we're taking that little extra precaution to make sure that we can do everything safely. And oh, absolutely, yeah. Like we we quarantined yeah. before the airports were our only concern. We quarantined before we left. We quarantined when we got back. I took a COVID test as soon as we got, well, not as soon as we got back because you're supposed to wait, you know, mm-hmm. five days or so. Um, but I ordered the test in the airport coming home. I ordered a test. Minnesota right now is testing for free um, and they send you a test and you take it at home. Nice. And so um, I ordered that test on our way home. And then by the time it got there, it was the right amount of days afterwards for me to take it if I were going to be positive. Um and so, yeah, I, I feel like if you're going to do it and don't do it, but if you're going to do it, you know, you, you do everything you can to, um, to do it right. And it's also, I mean, mental health matters as well as physical health. 
Yeah. Um, so there's times you need to take things into concern in terms of like having your quarantine. Yeah. And that's, and that's really what we've done. We like the, the, our two friends from Minnesota, they have, um, one of them, I don't know if he still listens, but Hey Jeff, um, his birthday's on Monday and, um, every year we go up to Julian, which is a little town close by to Palm Springs. They're known for apples and vineyards and stuff. And so we're going to go and do that. But again, it's just the four of us. We know they've been safe. We've been safe. Yep. Um, and then Matt is climbing the walls. I mean, m- my husband and your wife have a lot in common. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, they, they hit it off when we got to meet in, in person uh, because they have so much in common. But we've decided that we're going to take four days over my winter break and we're going to go do um, Suaro National Park because it's outside and there's not going to be anybody there. And it's like a four-hour drive away so we don't have to get onto airplanes and stuff. Right. You know. Yeah. I, I've got to live with the man, <laughs> so we've got to get him out of the house every once in a while. Nope, I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. But no, beyond that, um, working. We're both very lucky in that we get to both work from home. So our dog, we have a giant schnauzer named Sam. It's about a 90-pound big black dog with a giant mustache. Nice. Um, and named after Sam Elliott for said mustache. <laughs> and... Uh, so he's loving it. He's at the dog park now. They'll probably we'll probably end up hearing them in the background as as they come back and he gets uh, dinner. But um, yeah, not a whole lot else going on there. I mean, I've been buying stuff. I did I did some shopping. Did you do uh, the Cyber Monday stuff? Yeah, a little bit of that. I um, the I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, and they're putting out the ultra four ultra HD 4K extended cuts just came out like yesterday. Uh, But I don't have an ultra HD 4k Blu-ray player. I have a Blu-ray player. A friend of ours gave us because he didn't need it anymore because he had a a, bought a new one or something. So we have an old hand-me-down Blu-ray player that like kind of emits a high-pitched whine when it runs. Mm -hmm. So because I wanted to buy these movies, which I own, like, of course I have the extended cut on DVD. Um, but I went and not only bought that, but then hunted down a 4K Blu-ray player or whatever, the Ultra HD Blu-ray player. So it ended up to buy movies I already own, Joe. And this is a thing I don't do. Like, I am not the person that says, I like that video game, so I'm going to buy it on multiple systems. Right. I, always gave, I always gave my friends crap for that, where they're like, they bought it and then they bought it again because now they wanted to play it on their computer. I'm like, but you have the game. Why are you wasting your money? And now I'm doing that exact same thing. I own only a handful of Blu-rays. Most of my movies are DVDs um, because I didn't want to like upgrade because I already you own movies on VHS Mm -hmm. and then you had to buy your movies on DVD. And then I didn't want to go again and buy them on Blu-ray. But I believe our our television, it had better be capable of 4K (laughs) 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 because that is so that is that is my my plan again it's partially rewarding myself because i didn't get to actually go to hobbiton for real so now i get the next best thing which is i'm going to look at it in 4k yeah no i get that and and you know it's not a waste if you're if you're getting enjoyment out of it and that's something that you definitely will so i don't think i don't think you have much to worry about there oh but that's not all joe (laughs) i um I have so I do cosplay. I'm a part of a, a nonprofit here in Minnesota. We've talked about that before, where I go and do you know local 
charitable events and stuff like that. Um, a lot of what I've been doing lately has been, well, a lot. I've only done like three things this entire year, but all of them were with my Ghostbusters group. Um, and it mostly, I, I've always wanted to do superhero stuff, but I'm very self-conscious because I'm overweight and I'm balding, if not bald. And uh, so you're either wearing a wig or a helmet and then you don't quite fit in any of those. But um, through encouragement from friends and and the wife, it was one of those like, all right, fine, screw it. And I dropped money on a Captain America costume. Oh, nice. And when I say I drop money, like I don't spend much on my costumes. Uh, a lot of them are I go to Goodwill and I find things and I piece them together. My Mad-Eye Moody ended up costing a lot in the end. I guess, I mean, I guess the Ghostbusters one I pieced together off of stuff from Amazon over a period of time. Um but it's like custom made screen accurate. Uh, and then I customized it further on top of that because mm-hmm. I'm combining elements from different versions of the movie costumes. So um, it's going to be a thing. I'm really worried about how I'm going to look in it, but I will post a picture when that finally comes. However, it's going to be a while, I imagine, because you send them like 24 different measurements. So it's not just like large XL medium. It's like, it's a lot. It was a very yeah. detailed process of, uh, of ordering this thing. So, um, boy, I hope it turns out. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. I think we are all a lot more self-conscious than we should be. <laughs> yeah, I, it's I, true. I, I'm right there with you. I would never do it, but I, I think that I, once you do it, I think you're going to be very happy you did. I, I think so. I think so. And I'm a firm believer that cosplay is for everybody. I don't care what you look like i don't care how you identify i don't care what color your skin is like it doesn't matter you can dress as whatever you want however you want whenever you want and i support that for anybody else doing the costuming charity thing it's just in my head like for cons absolutely but in my head it's the if i'm going to be visiting kids in the hospital and this kid is sick and really wants to see Captain America, you probably want to see him pre midlife crisis and 40 (laughs) boxes of donuts. You know what I mean? You don't want the guy who's like, okay, kid, I got some war stories for you. (laughs) And that war story is called Thanksgiving 2020. The stuffing my wife makes (laughs) has nothing on the red skull. Oh, You know, yeah, like I don't no, I hear you. So, I hear so it's you. that that's where the self-consciousness comes from. I've worn ridiculous, ridiculous costumes. I have dressed in short pants as Robin at five, eight, 220 pounds. Like I, I am so comfortable in my own body in that way. It's the when I'm doing it for somebody else, for a purpose, for kids. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the other thing to continue, I guess, with my geekery, the other thing that I um, spent money on today is I got my first tattoo. I'm and very excited for you. I have never had the courage to pull the trigger, but this just gets me like one more encouragement step forward to I, do it. So. Joe, I have been a lifelong, I don't know why kind of person for tattoos. And slowly it was the, all right, I get why people will get tattoos and stuff, but there's just... I don't think there's anything in this world that I like enough to put on my body, and I'm not the kind of person that's going to put my wife's name or a picture of my dog or something right. on my body because I have actual pictures and I remember my wife's name. Um, <laughs> so I guess if I guess if you you know you get dementia or something, maybe then I'll go crazy uh, 
what what is it? Um, oh, come on, man! I just brain farted. The movie, um, Memento. Oh yes, full memento. Yes, full memento, and I'll write the names of everything all over my body. Uh, but I was like, you know what? It's it's a thing that I like. I like the idea of it. Um, I mean, obviously, when you look at people that have really good tattoos that look good, you're like, oh, well, let me start planning my half sleeve. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is a it's just a little four and a half inch tattoo of the Anywhere Key from the comic book series, and it's also a TV show on Netflix now called Lock and Key. Um, oh, nice. and the, idea, okay. and, and the idea was I wanted a travel tattoo cause I'm a world traveler. I've been all over the world. It's one of the things I like to do more than probably just about anything. I mean, the, doing costuming stuff and seeing kids light up usually at other costumers, not me because I'm always playing grumpy old men like Mad Eye Moody. Okay. Um, but like there are a few things in this world that I enjoy as much as traveling and knowing that I'm broadening my horizons and I'm learning things and I'm, I'm getting culture shocked and seeing people live a completely different way than I do. Um, and so I wanted a travel tattoo, but rather than just getting the four points, you know, getting a compass, getting a nautical star, this is something that's personal to me because it also wraps in my love of comic books and I am a big fan of the lock and key comics. And I just like that design because um, it almost looks like a geometric, you know, almost a, a sigil or something. Right. Um, absolutely. And so originally my plan was to get it uh, completely filled in uh, or as an outline or something. But the guy talked me into doing shading and I, th- I think he did a really good job. Um, so, um and I was very picky because once he was done and he's like, well, look, go look at it in the mirror and, you know, take a look at it. Tell me what you think. And I'm like, yeah, I need you to fix this, 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 and this. Thank you. <laughs> Please. And thank you. Uh, I did. I did leave him a pretty big tip though. Um, but uh, it was good. It wasn't too bad. It didn't hurt too much. Like it was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. Um, but I was able to ignore it and stare at my phone most of the time. Perfect. Well, it looks good because you have a picture of it on, uh, on Slack and it's right. It, it, and it's going to take a couple of weeks to fully heal. I think it takes like a month or something to fully heal. So it'll look a lot different. You know, it'll be a little more fuzzy, I think. Right. Is kind of how mm-hmm. they heal is the lines aren't as sharp. Um, so hopefully that's why the, the shading will do that. So I'll, um, I'll update, but I literally have a, a version of this key that's made by a company and I brought it along with me and I wore a t-shirt with the key on it. I went, I went like again, 12 year old nerdy kid. <laughs> going to my tattoo he didn't even say anything about the fact that the design i was getting on my arm was also on my shirt because he's like i mean i was there alone you know because mm-hmm. of covid you couldn't have anyone with you so it's like I'm, I'm not wearing this for anybody but myself i'm just here and enjoying it that's awesome that's so cool i, I it's getting me one closer to my my warcraft tattoo i'm i'm, I'm at some point I've, I've thought maybe maybe my 50th birthday i don't know i don't know we'll figure it out that was the other thing. It this I turned 35 this year and I was supposed to take a bucket list trip because we do bucket list trips on our on our we did it on our 30th and then we're doing it for our 35th and it was supposed to be New Zealand. I didn't get to go. So it's like, you know what? We're going to knock off some other bucket list items. I'm going to buy a Captain America costume and I'm going to get a tattoo. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other geekery? Um, yeah, uh, very quickly, so as not to to continually bog down with my stuff. I'm slowly watching my way back through Archer, 
for no other reason than they're short episodes. And so I can watch them while I'm on the treadmill or I'm eating lunch at work and I can throw it up on Hulu. I know I'm several seasons behind. So I'm on season four now. I'm enjoying it. Um, like my wife says, it's lots of yelling, which is why she's not a fan of the show because it's just people yelling at each other for 20 minutes. Right. Um, but I'm enjoying that. And then I started rereading the Earth X trilogy, which I wanted to talk to you a little bit about because I know how much you guys liked and how much I liked, and I read it at your suggestion, was the Dawn of X Um What's the full name of that thing? Age, um, not Age of X. It was no, it's, uh, the Donna, it's the Dawn of X. Okay. Yeah. There's there's two different things, right? It wasn't like Birth of X or something, Dawn of it's, X. It's uh, the, oof, I've had this. Like, did I just brain fart you? Yeah, you did. But that's okay. Like you keep telling the story, I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Earth X is a story that was written um, by Jim Kruger and I think co-plotted by Alex Ross. And it all started with Wizard Magazine, where they were going to do a thing of um, like kind of what they did with Kingdom Come, what Alex Ross did with Kingdom Come of here's what all of these DC heroes look like in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with Earth X, it was, well, let's do the same for Marvel heroes. What does Spider-Man look like when he's you know much older and heavier and whatever? And then it just kept evolving. And they're like, well, why are they looking like this? Or what about these other characters? in the future, these other versions. And it was like, well, what if everybody on the planet got superpowers? And Mm -hmm. so it just evolved. And so earth X is a future Marvel story. There's not a ton of X-Men in there, um, but there's some really interesting things that happen to the X-Men and it's what happens when um, I guess I won't spoil how it happens, but how humanity becomes, they call it mutanity where literally every human being on the planet becomes a mutant of some sort. Uh, children are no longer possible, but everybody's kind of functionally immortal. And the original Earth X book takes place uh, in a frame of, of view of the Watcher having a conversation with a robot, a character named X-51 or Machine Man, uh, that the Watcher is trying to get to replace him. And so he's trying to get him to not care about humanity. And he's slowly telling why superheroes exist in the first place, why humanity ever got the ability to gain superpowers and what it means to the the world and the universe at large. And then, so it's like this really interesting kind of retconning of the entire Marvel universe, plus this future story of where all of these heroes are now and what all of that means. Um, and I just, I just love it. Like, especially once you get towards the end and you get the big reveals of what the story and the story has been out forever. So I guess I wouldn't be super spoiling it, but it's things like, you know, uh, animals around the world mostly died off. So meat becomes scarce. So Russia is the source of most of the world's food and Colossus is now czar Colossus who rules Russia and his job, because he was a farmer before when the world needed him, he returned to run the nation's farmland and he supplies all of the grain. And then uh, Captain Britain, who is now King Britain, uh, helps ship that grain around the world to feed people. And it's all these little nuggets of like what happened to all of these different people. Um, what happens to Wolverine is entertaining. Um, what happens to Nightcrawler, you don't find out until the sequel series, I think universe X. And that's really fascinating. 
Um, but yeah, there's Earth X, Universe X, and Paradise X because eventually it turns into this thing where half the story is taking place in the realm of the dead. And uh, Captain America is this broken old soldier who like wraps himself like his costume is an American flag. He wears kind of like a half toga. Mm-hmm. And the A on his forehead is now created by scars he's gained over the years. And there's this wonderful sequence where he gets told by the Red Skull that they don't want to fight him anymore because Captain America is the realization of the Aryan dream. He is the blonde haired, blue eyed Superman. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just really, really good. So if you could go and find it or or if it's Marvel Unlimited or whatever, I'm sure you could find copies. I really want you to read Earth X because I want your opinion on that as as somebody that enjoys those sort of big comic book stories that kind of reshape everything. I will have to go back and reread the series because I have indeed actually read the series. Oh, you have. I'm sorry. I should yes. have asked that first. No, that's okay. That's okay because it, the I people feel like who have it now. are now going to be ex- – no, not at all because now I, I people are going to be like, oh, that sounds interesting and multiple of us will read it and it'll be it'll be that much more entertaining. <laughs> now, did you ever continue through to the other sequel series? I'm, I, I know I own them. Whether or okay. not I read them, I don't know because it would have been it would have been close to 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, because in trade format, Universe X is two trades, and they're pretty thick. Paradise X is two trades. And then there's an Earth X trilogy companion that has the original like uh, materials that they put out in Wizard Magazine as this little like mini comic mm-hmm. that has all of the – because in Earth X, they have the parts that are the comics, and then at the end, it's prose, where it's just the conversation between X-51 and The Watcher. And you see pieces of drawings by Alex Ross – Mm-hmm. Those actual full drawings are in the companion comic, along with some a bunch of other like background info and and alternate sketches and stuff like that. And it's Alex Ross's art, so it's always phenomenal to look at. Yeah, I'll have to dig it out because when I I, I when I was teaching English, I had all of my comic books at school because that's how you entice kids who don't want to read to read, and um, and so I know I had them. So now I have to dig through all the boxes I brought home and find out where they went. But they are here somewhere, and so I will definitely look at those because yeah, I, I oh, love that's that. so good. Yeah, there's so many good. And we were talking the the two parts that make up Dawn of X is House of X and Powers of X. There it is. Okay, perfect. XXX. <laughs> yeah, which I totally fell off of after that. Like, I read that and loved it, but now they've been doing this, like, X of Swords things for a while, and all the covers are just all of the X-Men with different swords. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but it seems like they're trying to sell me action figures. Like, it just <laughs> it really feels like that kind of a cartoon thing where it's like, uh, I don't know, what are the different cartoon like, Power Rangers, where every season they rebrand it and change it just a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, and now they all have swords. Yes. Well, and they're now starting to end all of those. So okay. I think now is a good time to jump back in and read them because they should be done. So you can read the full. Yeah. I use, I use the Hoopla app uh, that gets me digital checkouts through my library and I get five titles a month. That's how I read the, uh, the last one. And so I always keep an eye out for the trades then. And then I can go back in and try to read, especially when they put them out in an omnibus. Yeah, that they should be coming out soon because the conclusion dates were mostly October, November. So perfect. Now we're in December. Okay, Okay. I can shut up. How about you, Joe? Geekery? What what have Um, you been up to? I have been the only the only two things I have really been doing that have been geeky 
have been um, you know, the the latest WoW expansion came out about a month ago. And so I've been trying to do that. And this is the first time in years that I have uh, really been with a guild that raids, that's looking forward to raiding, that's working towards raiding. Um, so it, it it's forcing me to kind of go in and do a lot of the daily grind stuff that I would never do before because it was like, well, and I'm not going to go raiding. So why, why bother? But I have so much fun with this group that I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm getting caught up and I stay in pace with everybody so that my gear is acceptable when we finally get to raiding. Um, okay. Now I know you've said in the past, like when you, when they do new expansions, everybody just kind of automatically gets leveled up to that level or something, right? Is that this kind of thing? Um, well, actually the way it works is you get like, they usually tack on 10 more levels, but this particular expansion, they were already up to the last expansion took you up to level 120. And this game is like six. I think they just celebrated their 16th anniversary. So it's 16 years old. And if somebody who has never played before wanted to join, they had 120 levels that they had to slog through. And the way it was set up is it didn't make sense. You could never finish a story because by the time you were done with uh, an expansion or before you could finish any of the expansions, you would level out of them. And so with this release, what they did is they compacted all of the levels down to 60. So, Max level right now is 60, which is what it was when it originally launched. And now you can level through any of the expansions and it's set up so that pretty much you will get the entire expansion by going from level 10 to level 60. Which is a good thing. It's a very good thing because it, you know, a lot of people who were kind of confused by it or like, I don't know the story of this. Um, they've been trying it and it's, it's been a, a good success in kind of revigorating the franchise for new people. I mean, us older old timers, we're all about, you know, we, we love seeing the next part of the story, but it's very hard to get new people in. And now, now we can. So that is, that is very true. I was always held, you know, at arm's length. I, I remember doing the week trial and that was all I ever did. Mm-hmm. And I never well, got into it. I've done other MMOs. Like I've done Lord of the Rings online. I picked at, but it was the same thing. Everybody was way above me. So when I ran into a quest that I needed help with, there was no one to help me. And then I just kind of faded off of the game. Right. Yeah. And so now it's, it's so easy to level through that people are just leveling alts constantly. And so there's always like the, the lower levels are, that you'd never see anybody in are packed because it takes, I think an average of 15 hours to get your character to max level. So people are like, I'll have 50 of them. Yay. <laughs> and how many do you have Joe? Um, max level right now I have one, but then max level to the last expansion, probably about, six or seven okay all right yeah just to try different kind of play styles that sort of thing yeah i mean up until rejoining a a guild my favorite thing about the game was just leveling characters because they're all different and it's different play styles but isn't that all grinding no it's not if you play through the the stories and i i actually like the old zones but the the greatest thing about being able to now level through any of the expansions is two expansions ago when they did uh, Legion. Um, they, they had kind of this story mechanic where every class got their own set of quests. So you can literally just 
run every class through that expansion and get a completely different game than oh, I did. like that. Yeah, it's it's completely dependent on uh, the the class that you choose. You have all these quests that are just your class, and so um, yeah, no, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. And so yeah, I've been I've been enjoying that quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, but it's that, and then I am slowly, unfortunately, because I'm trying to keep up with WoW, um, getting through the. Uh, actual play episodes that we're putting together. We're going to launch officially on January 1st. Awesome. Um, yes, there are two campaigns running right now. They're going to be under the heading of, I believe we've gone with uh, as the dice roll, and that's going to be kind of the catch-all for all of them, but there will be two campaigns. There will be a sci-fi GURPS campaign, and there will be a... Um, for people who who play a lot of RPGs, you'll understand what this means. There's a murder hobo uh, D and D five E campaign. So <laughs> I have heard that phrase before. Yes, yes, it's basically like just not nice people running through and wreaking havoc. But it's right. so much fun. So I'm much fun. I'm really looking forward to these. The only actual play podcast I listen to is the Adventure Zone. Um, and uh, to hear people from our own network, because we have so many new shows and yeah, that that's that's a way to hook me is like, let me listen to people that I know, at least through the internets mm-hmm. and listen to them uh, play games and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would think one of the most fun things to do, and I'm going to say this now since you're editing them, I would love to... Uh, be invited at some point, even if it's uh, to do like a one-off, make me a merchant character and just let me waste, <laughs> let me do what I do to these podcasts on this <laughs> and let me waste an entire episode, you know, poorly haggling over the prices of things well, it's or funny, just, not to, just not something. To, not to spoil it all, but I mentioned, uh, I mentioned it when I was on um, Girls Gone Wild a couple weeks ago because one of their hosts, uh, Raven, is in the GURPS campaign, and we spent an inordinate amount of time trying to break into a hotel room. Like, I, I think that GURPS campaign group, we overthink a lot. <laughs> we're mm. like, well, what if this happens? We don't want to risk it. So we're going to do the absolute hardest thing to do just so we don't get caught. <laughs> right. Because yeah. nobody wants to, to rush in and be that guy. Or late, right? Yeah, or nobody's or nobody's Leroy Jenkinsing it in that. Right. Where the other one, the other campaign, it's just craziness. Uh, and the, the, it's not just the tones are different, but with the GURPS campaign, it's all seasoned podcasters. Like everybody has their own podcast, or are tr- Twitch streamers, or have some you know level of online broadcasting experience. The other group is two guys I met playing WoW, my brother, and a friend of the DMs. And it's a completely different feel. And I'm, I'm excited because these are people who never signed up for a podcast. Like, this was not <laughs> their intention. They were just like, hey, let's play. And I'm like, I'll play if you let me record it. And uh, so they're all very nervous to hear the first episode come out because this is something completely new to them. And so uh, how much of it is like actual sitting around the table RPG playing the game? And how much of it is you actually trying to like inject some voice acting and stuff in there? 
Oh no, no. Like, like these are, these are full on D and D nerds. So the, the characters are, are out there and fully, fully performed and it has nothing to do with their, like, it's just what they would do around the table if we were all together. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, not again, not to spoil, but my brother, this is how I knew the tone of the, of the, uh, campaign was going to be what it was my brother is playing Howald the terrible okay who is a gnome sorcerer who cannot say his r's and believes himself to be a black dragon and it is hilarious he's like he's just the most ridiculous the 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 roles that he has pulled off in the several first several episodes are just ridiculous it's it's so much fun i very much look forward to it Yes. Yes. And hopefully this will lead to many, many more campaigns just as people get a chance to, to put them together and, and get them out there. So, all righty. Um, that is our weekly geekery. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about the boys. It's only like on season two, like totally should have covered this probably last year, but we didn't. And so now we're going to do it now and we'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down, when you're just looking to laugh and have fun, kick back and enjoy watching a video game, or just make some new friends, it's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we are back. And so we're going to be talking about The Boys today. Now, you've read the comics, yes? When I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago, I did a full reread of the entire series, which I believe is, boy, is it 70 regular issues or 72? Um, I suppose that would make sense in terms of number of years there. So it was 72 regular issues and then like three miniseries. And then there's another miniseries that is still going right now. And I think the latest issue came out today, which I have not read. Um, but they're kind of doing sort of a weird prequel series because there's a TV show, you know, right, so they had right, them right. go back and write. Uh, so it is the second time I have read through the entirety of the boys. I just did within the last month. Perfect. So this is perfect timing. Now, have you watched the two seasons of the TV show? Yes, I have. Yeah, okay. that's what prompted the the rewatch or excuse the reread. As I start, yeah, I planned on starting the reread a little bit after um, finishing season two. Perfect. Um, so the first question I have to ask, because I have not read the the series, though it is on my on my very very long list of comics to read. Uh, what is like? It, it, are the TV shows really different than the stories in the comics? Are they pretty yes. true to them? No. Completely different. Yeah. So th- the the boys 
I don't, I'm trying to think of best place to start here. I think the best place to start is is how the sh- the comic book itself started, and that's with a guy named uh, Garth Ennis, and uh, this is a guy who likes to do big, bold, ugly, in your face, offensive, in particular material. When he was advertising the boys and pitching the comic he wanted to do, he said he wanted to out preacher preacher. And Preacher oh, wow. at the time was known as like one of the most sort of vile books out there because it was directly taking a pot shot at religion. Um, and uh, it didn't mind being dirty. It didn't mind being extremely violent. You know, this is Garth Ennis who wrote The Punisher for years and specifically wrote it in the Marvel Max line where you could have nudity and swearing and as much violence as he wanted. And he had all of those things um, in excess. And so what he wanted, and he went to DC Comics, and he said, I want to make this CIA team, uh, and I suppose that's the that's the difference, is from the get-go, um, boy, I, I'm trying to think what I need to do to avoid what I think are potential spoilers for the show, knowing the show is completely different from the comics. Right, so, so I guess I'll just put it- Right here is we're going to say spoilers, and so- I guess. I can try. You can't be mad at us. Right. I can try and keep it kind of vague. The original idea was that the boys were going to exist in the DC universe proper. Okay. They were not going to be an independent creation. And they were like, well, no, we're not letting you do that to our superheroes. Uh, But we will let you make this comic book in an imprint called Wildstorm that DC had recently bought from Jim Lee. Mm. Um, And so it started as a Wildstorm comic. And when they realized what they were doing to superheroes and specifically that like, you would start reading one of these comics and it's put out by a DC, um, what they call an imprint of DC comics. And these heroes look kind of like your regular superheroes. And then you see what happens to these superheroes in the pages of this comic book. And they're like, we just can't do this anymore. And so they canceled the book. And then it got picked up by an independent comic book company called Dynamite. And Dynamite finished the rest of the run. So it's like the first two trades or something worth of the boys were at a different publisher. But it was so raunchy and so dark that they had to move to an independent publisher to continue telling their story. That doesn't surprise me because it, like I'm surprised that Matt enjoys watching it as much as he does because it is very violent and it is very graphic and usually he does not like that but the story is good enough that it keeps him engaged. And that is a huge difference I think from the comics. I don't think he'd enjoy the comics at all. They're far filthier, far more violent um and I feel like they have a lot less heart maybe. Uh mm-hmm. In the comic books, it's meant to basically be the Marvel slash DC universe. Like there are super teams on like the seven is clearly supposed to be the Justice League. Right. But then you have teams like Payback instead of the Avengers. Mm. And you have teams that are clearly meant to be you have all of the X-Men basically um, and uh, there's one old dude that sort of runs that whole family. And then there's 1800 teams. And uh, so th- they have to figure out what to do with all of them and where they stay. And they keep introducing new ones and um, m- more. I think in the, in the comics, it's more than just about American that have the ability to create compound V because the whole idea is this is 
already a comic book universe. There's superheroes, there's supervillains, they're fighting each other all the time. It's not just like the the TV show where there's a handful of superheroes that are mostly there for product placement and movies. Right. So those things alone make a huge difference. There's also another very large difference in the comic uh, from the book, and this is where spoilers are, so this is where you want to jump ahead a little bit. From the get-go, all of the boys have super strength. Okay. From the get-go, all of them are working for the CIA, uh, not an independent outfit, not just people looking to get revenge. They're they're government-sponsored, and they're given a pure dose that costs like a billion dollars per dose or something, uh, which is why most of the superheroes have weird superpowers or different versions. Uh, The boys all get these doses that make them very strong and very resilient to injury. And their job is to look after the entire superhero community. And anytime somebody steps too far out of line, because they're all power hungry, crazy people eventually that lapse into a life of um, hedonism, you know, they kill who they want, do what they want. Um, the boys are there to keep them in line. And so they're the spook show. They dig up the dirt on you and use that dirt to get more dirt on other people in order to keep as many of the superheroes and supervillains in line as possible. So they get to go about their merry way making money. And then there's this character that's meant to be kind of like Stan Lee, who like has no shins. And has like a little Hitler mustache and they call him the legend and he lives in a basement underneath a uh, a comic book store. And I, yeah, so it would be interesting if if that character showed up in the show. I'd be very curious to see what they do with it. But in the show, the only person on the boys team with super strength is um, in the show. It's Kimiko. She she never has a real name in the comic book. She's just known as the female. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has. Not a ton of character develop. Like everybody's got a little bit of character development, but Frenchie and the female in the comic are just the muscle and they're crazy. And that's pretty much all you need to know about them. You learn a little bit more about them as time goes on. You learn that um, the female works as an enforcer for the mob on the side because she's like addicted to violence. She's broken in some way, but we never get nearly the picture we get. There's no brother. There's no all of these backstories to these characters, why Frenchie feels so guilty. Um, that's not there. Uh, Huey is essentially the same butcher in a lot of ways is the same. It's very good casting. Uh, the fun thing is when they first created the boys, the character of Huey Campbell, or as he is known, we Huey in, in the comic because he's Scottish was modeled after Simon Pegg, who in the show plays Huey's father. And uh-huh. this is because Simon Pegg was not a popular actor at the time. He had made the TV show Spaced, which in a lot of ways served as sort of the uh, predecessor to Shaun of the Dead, but Shaun of the Dead hadn't hit yet. And then suddenly you got Shaun of the Dead and everybody knew who Simon Pegg was and why is Simon Pegg in this comic book? That's awesome. So he actually writes the introduction uh, to the first volume of the comic book, talking about how he absolutely doesn't mind and thinks it's awesome he's in a comic. That's so cool. Yeah. This is neat because, I mean, I had no clue. Like, I didn't even know about The Boys until the TV show came out. And then mm-hmm. I heard so many good things about it. But what I'm hearing from you is that the the TV show really gives you a very, like, it, it's, you know, it's got plot and it's got 
heart and and it sounds like the comic book is just somebody's like playing with all of these characters and just making a mess of them and having a fun time doing it turning all of your favorite superheroes into sexual deviants um everybody's got drug habits and stuff yeah i mean there's there is a heart to the comic book and that is very much the huey character like he's drafted into this because he hates the character of a train for mm-hmm. killing his girlfriend and not even caring or and just leaving but he hates violence he he didn't mind joining this team he doesn't mind doing the surveillance he thinks someone needs to keep an eye on superheroes and keep them in line but he hates what butcher wants to do which is really truly on the inside he wants to kill every last one of them right and uh you don't get this whole plot of of him and his wife and the kid um in the comic book uh you know the same thing happens to his wife but the child because it's a super powered child like grows incredibly quickly and then explodes out of the wife one night. Oh. And Billy doesn't even know that she's pregnant. And this child explodes and has laser eyes and starts lasering the whole thing. And he beats the child to death with like a lamp. Jesus. Like, <laughs> like it's, you know, and and so that's where he gets his hatred for superheroes from. And then he learns where they come from and why they exist and all of the failures of the past. Like a lot of the backstory starts with this company Vout American making really shoddy equipment in Vietnam, which is one of Garth Ennis's favorite things to write about. He loves writing about uh, military history and specifically Vietnam history. And he's actually very good at it and does a lot of research. Um but he's writing about how like they reintroduced these new guns because they were the cheapest bidder, but they sold crap, but nobody cared because you could just throw bodies at the problem. And then that sort of became their, the way they approach superhero stuff. I think I would say the biggest difference between the two, because I don't want the idea that there's no heart to the comic, but it's certainly way out there. And the majority of the comic is meant to just be crazy fun. If you Mm -hmm. like that kind of fun. Um, the biggest thing is the amount of time that's spent caring about Homelander. By far and away, to me, is the biggest and most important change. And that's because the boys learned from shows like Daredevil, where if you or or Jessica Jones, spend an equal amount of time with your villain as your hero or heroes, and the show is going to be so much better for it. Right. You don't get like you get Homelander stuff and you get that he has got a twisted side and, um, you know, there's evidence of him having done terrible things and he has this idea that he's above everybody else. But there's not really this constant fighting between him and the company. Um, And we certainly don't get any of the vulnerability that you get from the Homelander in the show. It was such a smart and intelligent move. And while it doesn't make the character sympathetic, it makes him more interesting. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's that's when a lot of the complaints for a lot of uh, one of the biggest complaints that Marvel gets for their movies is that the the villains are not as developed. And it does make a difference. It definitely makes a difference because people, people get Loki because he's just the sibling that's not the favorite. Right, right. He has a plot. <laughs> he has a character. Yeah. He has a character drive. That's not. I'm the bad guy of the movie. 
Right. And I mean, and a lot of the motivation in the Marvel movies is, you know, power, money, fame, you know, it's just these very stock things because the, the stories are about the heroes and becoming heroes and maintaining heroes and what it's like to be heroes. So I see why they do it. But, you know, I think when we started seeing Kingpin, it does change the narrative a lot. And it makes you like, I mean, one of the best characters I've seen in comic book, film, television, anything is the Homelander or, or no, Kingpin. No, it's, it's Kingpin. Yeah. Though I would honestly say as, as insane as that show is Homelander is up there, certainly in terms of villains, because you oh, absolutely yeah. believe, and this was sort of the, the impetus, the idea that Garth Ennis has be like, if Superman existed, he would be a sociopath and just a dick. Mm-hmm. Like what would it take for some, do, being raised on a farm in Kansas? Is that with good parents? Is that enough to turn somebody into what Superman is in the comics. Or if you have somebody who literally is so powerful, he doesn't have to worry about anything on the planet bothering him. At what point does he start wondering what if all of this is beneath me? What if none of this matters because it's not what I want? Right. Like, why am I not the one in charge? Cause unlike, you know, even a Genghis Khan type, even a Hitler type, those were still just men, albeit incredibly powerful men. But Homelander is, you know, basically a god, a demigod. Um, but there's other significant changes, like the whole Stormfront thing never happens really in – like they fight Stormfront, but Stormfront is a man. Okay. Um, and uh, there is no relationship thing there, obviously. There are no memes being put on the internet. This was not during that day <laughs> when the comic books were written. So right. all of that sort of information thing and using the boys as clearly political commentary isn't a thing that happens so much. There's some of that in the comic book. Uh, the comic book focuses on the president and specifically the vice president, who is a very, very stupid person who may have been them taking pot shots at George W. Bush and that he's a company man that Vout put into the White House to serve their personal needs. But he's he's just completely and utterly stupid. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, I hear that they're going to have, I think it's Jensen Ackles next season as Soldier Boy, but specifically said they're not going to put, quote, that scene from the comic books into the show. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if season three tackles the, the miniseries called hero gasm, which okay. is it's, <laughs> the, it's, it's hedonism for superheroes. The idea being in comic books, once a year, there's a giant world ending thing and everybody crosses over and the heroes and villains all get together to fight this giant enemy. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the world of the boys, uh, at least in the comic books, of course, because they believe that these are real superheroes um, in the world of the boys. That's when they all disappear. They tell everybody they're going off world to fight some giant war or going to a subatomic universe or whatever. But nobody's actually from the future. Nobody actually has, you know, these sort of magic powers. They all go to a, a secret hidden island where there are lots and lots of drugs and lots and lots of prostitutes. Wow. And they basically do drugs and have sex for a full week. And um, it's kind of like the, the sex club scene in season two of The Boys, mm-hmm. but far, far, far worse. 
And um, so the specifically offending thing that happens in the comic, and again, I mean, it's not even talking spoilers. We're just, we're talking how, how dark. If these are things that bother you, skip ahead again. Um, Soldier Boy is basically meant to be like a Captain America character mm-hmm. who looks up to Homelander, who is also dressed with the American flag. And so every single year, uh, Soldier Boy, quote, auditions to be in the seven by having sex with the Homelander. Gosh. And every year, the Homelander's like, well, you did a really good job this time, chum, but not quite. So we'll see you next year. He's like, okay. And and so you have Soldier Boy being like, but there's nothing gay about this. He's like, we're superheroes. Of course not. You know, how, how could any of this? So there's, again, like, it's all really intentionally over the top um, offensive. And there's certainly some things of transphobia, homophobia stuff in the comics. And then usually you have the character of Huey who's like, I don't you know, whatever, like he has his own reservations about things. But by the time you get to the comics being made today, this um, uh, sort of the prequel series, which also takes place in modern day. And then it's Huey finding old diaries of, mm-hmm. of um, butchers, basically. So he's learning some of the backstory before he joined the boys. And um, like his best friend is trans in the new one. So clearly like Garth Ennis is kind of saying, okay, I get it. Maybe I went too far. Right. Maybe I wasn't being cool about it. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I, I expect the show to not dig in the way the comic dug in, in that sense. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, it sounds like they have, <laughs> they know what they can get away with and what they can't. <laughs> and, that, and what's going to make a better story? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this is fascinating because uh, for me, I, again, I'd never heard of the boys until the TV show came out and everybody mm-hmm. who knew it was like, Oh, just wait. It's kind of crazy. And it, 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 again, I don't know how Matt sticks with it because it's so not what he likes, but we, we would, you know, like what's going to happen next. Like we get into it. Hold on one second. Sorry, my dog is having major trouble because the postman is here. Hey, that's fine. I'm surprised we haven't heard Sam at all. But yeah, no, that's that's awesome. It it sounds like it would be a fun romp. It might. It's obviously not for everybody. No, <laughs> it if is you're obviously easily, not. If you're everybody. easily offended, avoid the comic book. It's the same as if you're easily offended, you probably avoid the show. Like I couldn't ever see the wife watching the boys. Right. Well, I like gave, as soon I as gave you Matt see the first big thing of violence. Yeah, I gave him a huge warning ahead of time, and I think he was like, "Well, you know, I asked him to do all of these different shows that I like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and stick with this." But he, he did end up enjoying it, and so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, we we went into it with open eyes, and uh, it definitely delivered. <laughs> yeah, but there's they certainly pull elements uh, for the show. They pull elements like um, uh, the whole plane scene where they're supposed mm-hmm. to go and save an airplane and realize that for all their power, they're not s- smart in how to use their powers because they never have to. Not mm-hmm. really. So how do you actually stop a plane? Like the physics involved. And um, so it, in the comic book, actually, one of the big things is their parallel is uh, superheroes got involved on 9-11. Oh, and okay. So they were, 
what happened was all of the like in in this fictional world of the comics, the government knows the president is a pretty hardliner. All of the planes are shot down except for the one headed for New York, but it doesn't take out the towers. Instead, the VP working for Vought knocks out the president and tells them to stand down because that was supposed to be the first shot at letting superheroes get involved in national defense. Well, not the first. There was World War II and Vietnam or whatever when superheroes were supposed to to get involved and got slaughtered because they're wearing bright colors flying around in the air. Um, uh, so the the first soldier boy. The first appearance of this Captain America character, they go back and tell you this history in World War II, and they just absolutely get cut to shreds by bullets because they're not bulletproof. Um, mm-hmm. But with this airplane is Homelander and Maeve, and I don't remember how many other members of the seven are meant to go and stop this airplane, but they have no idea what they're doing. So in the comic books, the Brooklyn Bridge is what's destroyed instead of the the, the World Trade Center. Gotcha. And so there's a lot of discussion in the comic books about what to do about that, about, you know, Mother's Milk is very much this character that's like, you build it exactly the way it is because that's America. It was the same conversation we were having after 9-11 of what do you do? Do you build a memorial? Do you build it exactly the same way again? Um, but there are there are parallels between the show and the comic, certainly in that sense. You know, mm-hmm. um, the comic does follow people that work in the company, but it's not exactly to the same extent. It's these very cold, calculating characters um, who really don't think much of the Homelander because they know that since they're the money, the seven are going to do what they say. Right. Um, things happen to to Starlight um, that are worse than what happens to her when she joins the seven. Um so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things in the comic that I think would turn people off right away. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really glad that the show is doing what it's doing. Do you personally like the show? Are you a I fan? do. I, I actually do quite a bit. Um, I mean, I I I've, think I've mentioned this on multiple occasions. I love anything that takes existing stories and turns them on their heads. Like, I, I love... I love Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz, not because I specifically like the the main stories, but because people have done such crazy out there things with them in other genres that it just makes it interesting. I like to see how people play with with that. I like how I love I love what if and else worlds. I love yeah. anytime you're gonna put a twist on something. And so to me, this is like a very dark version of um, the Squadron Supreme, which had its own Max um, Marvel Max um, series, which was very dark compared to the original source material. Sure. So you know, I love that kind of stuff, and so I'm, I've I've been enjoying enjoying it quite a bit. Um, so what is I it? What is it about the show that has you hooked? Or what is the thing that would make you, outside of me blabbing on about differences between the show and the comics, I mean, what would make you want to go and read the comics, just enjoying the show in general? Or is there a thing or a character? Like, is there something that's really pushing you forward that makes you like this show? Um, well, as far as the, the show goes, I like it because I do feel like there is some um, kind of commentary on society going on there and mm-hmm. i i like how it's being 
packaged in a superhero TV show. Um, I like the stories. I'm invested in the characters. As far as switching over to the the comic book, one of the reasons why I was excited to talk to you about it today was because I, I didn't know anything about it. And so as you're telling me this, it's that it's that idea of, I wonder what's different. I wonder what's the same. I wonder how far is far, you know? And so while it's not something that I would probably seek out on my own on a regular basis, because I enjoy the, the TV series as much as I do, I think it would be fun to see where it came from. Will I be able to make it through the entire run? I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, they repackaged all of the Omnibuy with pictures of the cast from the TV show. So they clearly, you know, obviously are trying to, to pick up um, readers Right. Mm-hmm. Get people to go back and buy the trades. But it's yeah, it's there is so much significantly different. And there's things I think that happen in the comics overall plot wise, not in terms of like horrible, filthy things that happen uh, that I'm sort of expecting to happen in the the show at some point. And I think when they do in the show, everybody's going to go, oh, oh, shit, this is that big turning point. This is that big moment that might have been something that happened from the very beginning in the comic book. Um Another thing that I actually found out while watching the the show on Amazon Prime is if you pause, Amazon Prime now has that like all the details pop up. Like if you pause the show because you got to go to the bathroom, it'll be like, here are all the actors in this scene. Right, right. Uh, it'll actually pop up like this scene is inspired by this issue of the comic book series where this happens. Oh, that's cool. I didn't I realize had never, that. Yeah, I had never seen that before because there was the scene where um, Kimiko speaks, right, in season mm-hmm. two. And they're like, the only time that the female ever speaks in the comic book is once, I think, or twice. But like the main one, the first time we hear her speak is like issue 60 something. And it's because she's laughing at Huey. Mm-hmm. And I won't say why she's laughing at him. But it's she thinks something is funny that's embarrassing for Huey. And so she's giggling at him. Um, and uh, and that's the first time you have the female make any verbal noise whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, I, like I, she, I think it's, it's incredible that of a character. That. A lot of a lot of the show. I mean, I guess Mother's Milk. Everybody has stuff to do in the show. Mm-hmm. Or in the comic book. But a lot of it, it's, it's very much, you know, the Butcher and Huey show in the end. Um, the guy that just wants to take out all superheroes and the guy that, you know, thinks that they need to be policed but abhors violence. Right. It's the two sides of the coin story theory. Yes. Yeah. But there's all these other side characters, things that Garth Ennis really likes to do, which is find specific characters within his created universe and just making them the butt of literally every joke every time they show up. Mm-hmm. So in the comics, it's the case of a man that works for the CIA whose nickname is monkey for horrible, filthy reasons I won't get into. Um, and, uh, you know, he has his own sexual proclivities that they push in the the comic, you know, and then, um, the whole thing is every time he shows up, something horrible happens to him. And it's the same thing that happened in preacher. It was the same thing that happened in his punisher run. He loves to just make like not even a foil, 
kind of character, not even, you know, the dumb sidekick, but just this character shows up and something awful happens to him for us to laugh at. And then we move on with our plot. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy that the TV show doesn't really do that um, because I don't think we need it. No, I think I think the story they're telling is is fascinating. I think, like again, having known nothing about it going into it, the whole Stormfront plotline in in season two, I was like, say what now? Because they didn't they didn't they did a very good job of not revealing the hand too early, right? And I thought that was pretty impressive storytelling wise. Because when you've <laughs> when you've taught as much English as I have, and you've done enough like theater like i have it's very hard to surprise you plot wise like it's just you you kind of see the foreshadowing that has to be laid down and you're like okay i know that this is going to go a b c d and that's the way it's going to go and so when something kind of catches me off guard and i don't expect it i'm i'm usually pretty impressed but it's like the whole stormfront thing not in the comics the whole part about the deep and the clearly referencing scientology not in the comics like not 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 even a little bit um, so much of that is completely new. You never actually meet the president of Out American, I don't think, in the comic books. Oh, wow. Whereas here it's uh, Carlos Esposito, right? Mm-hmm. And he's actually a fairly large part of the plot. Like there's so much that they're doing where they're just veering a hard left on the show. And again, it's making it, in my opinion, um, the superior story between the two. Because while it's not as crazy and out there, you know, that they'd be having to spend a lot more money to do some of those things on the show and the gore would be off the charts. And, um, I don't, I just don't think you could do some of the sex stuff on, on Amazon. Um, like, yeah, it's so, it's, it's a much more interesting story for it, which is unusual. Cause usually it's the, no, the, the movie was pretty good, but like, boy, they, Took from, well, we're talking New Mutants, right? We're talking Dark right. Phoenix. We're talking um, uh, Superman Doomsday. Uh, I don't know. Even the Aquaman movie, which was completely bombastic and threw everything at it to try and get as much stuff into a movie at the same time. But, you know, Venom in Spider-Man 3. Like, right. we usually are saying, okay, but the comics. Yeah. And with the boys, I'm not saying, okay, but the comics, I'm saying the comics are, if you, if you like that and all you like is the lowest common denominator elements of the boys, go read the comics and you'll fall in love. Mm-hmm. If you're there for the real interpersonal drama and, and sort of the f- philosophy behind the ideas that the shows play with, just stick with the show. You don't, you don't need the comic books. And that's coming from a guy who absolutely loves comic books. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny because this is, this is on the heels of, um, you know, we, we, we were going to go one of two ways with today's episode. Either we were going to do the boys if it was just you and me, or if, if Ray was with us, we were going to actually have a conversation about, about adaptations from comic books to movies and, and what we expect and, and how, it, because I think the biggest takeaway from, from new mutants is there are a lot of people who think it's a perfectly fine movie. And then there are people like Ray and I who feel like there's problematic for certain reasons. And, um, and it's the first time I think on our show that we've had people kind of call us out and say, I, I adamantly disagree with you. And um, which is fine. It's fine. But it, it kind of brought up this question of, what do are we expecting too much from our adaptations and so the fact that we're actually having a conversation about how uh 
a TV show can almost be seen as superior in ways to a comic book, it's kind of flipping that narrative on on its ear, which is kind of fun. Oh, very much so. I mean, I remember when the show first came out, the, my initial reactions were like, oh my God, how? <laughs> you know, it was it was a lot of people's reaction when they said they were going to turn Preacher into a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the boys, and you start watching and you're like, oh, they changed a lot. Like, oh, wow, they changed – like they changed a lot in this uh, in this show. Like some of the main elements, like the thing I talked about before, that was the spoiler thing about all of the characters starting out at a certain place that they don't in the show. Um, like that's such a huge difference, right? You know, the whole purpose of the boys as a group is completely different in the show, uh, and they don't all wear the same long black trench coats to look menacing. Um, like there's so, so much that's different. And normally the reaction to that is, what are you doing? Like, why are you bothering to make an adaptation of this if you're going to screw with it? But it's that secret of the adaptation of staying true to the spirit of the thing. And in this case, finding a nugget within something and making something so very, very different from that. I mean, the walking dead kind of did the same thing as well, where they made something very, very different from the comics, but it had a lot of the same uh, uh, pathos, I guess, to it. Um, they decided at the core of the boys was this character of we Huey or character of Huey feeling hurt and wanting to get back at superheroes somehow. And the idea of what superheroes would be like in real life. And in this case, instead of not just thinking they're above everything at the same time, feeling they're below everybody because they literally seem to survive off of the adoration and appreciation of the public. Mm-hmm. And uh, I find all of that very interesting. Yeah. I, it's fascinating. Like, and and I thought it was just gonna be like, Oh yeah, there's these differences that I'm so glad that I had that, this conversation with you because for me, you know, I do want to go back and look at the source material. And so now at least I won't be completely taken <laughs> off guard. Um, do you know how the creative team of the comic books feels about the TV show? Are they fully behind it? Are they involved? Um, I would think so. I mean, I I don't know if I've seen Garth Ennis writing like, I don't like the the show or anything. I haven't heard or seen anything like that. I would think he's fully behind it. Like, he got one assumes since it eventually was an indie comic paid for the property rights. So I assume he's happy, right. you know, and um, he certainly doesn't mind doing the kinds of stories you're seeing in the television show. He's written like he's written introspective stories. You know, he'll have the, the ones where the Punisher just goes and blows a bunch of guys up and he makes the bad guys as bad as they can be. So you, you want to see them all explode. And then he's written stories that are all about like people questioning Frank Castle, you know, and and some of the same stuff, I guess, that goes into the the Punisher television show. Um, so yeah, as far as I'm aware, there's no animosity in how much the material has changed. Well, that's cool. That's cool because you know you want you, you want creators to be happy because at the end of the day, anybody who creates something knows how how important it is to you. And when somebody takes that and it's your baby, you want to, you want to see it, you know, being treated with respect. And so I, I, whether I agree with, (laughs) whether I agree with changes or not, um, 
you know, I, I always feel bad when I hear that somebody's like, that's not what it should be like and get, you know, angry about their their property not being treated with the respect they think it should be. I would think anybody that's that big a fan of the boys would be like, well, you just can't film that. But maybe that's the same way with Watchmen. You know, the the YouTuber Patrick Willems made a good video recently talking about why he thought the Watchmen movie kind of got it wrong because the comic book was about a deconstruction of superheroes and how what they do isn't huge, cool and bombastic. You know, the action as it's presented in the comic is pretty straightforward. And then Zack Snyder makes the movie. And even though he's trying to show that same deconstruction of superheroes, whenever there's an action sequence, all the characters are still jacked and everything is in slow motion. And he's showing how cool and big and awesome it is. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Willems talks about the boys and saying the boys is sort of bringing it back to what the comic book Watchmen at the time was really meant to be, which was a commentary on some of the current political landscape as well as a deconstruction of superheroes as a medium and, you know, them being held up and how this is what real superheroes would be like. So that the, this TV version of the boys is in Willem's eyes, sort of um, the modern equivalent to the comic book of Watchmen at the time, with the exception that Watchmen was of course revolutionary for its time. Right. Definitely. The boys is good, but it's not like it's, it's not, Big in the way Watchmen was. Watchmen was a college course in deconstructing, you know, superhero comic books and the medium of comic books. That is not The Boys, but The Boys certainly um, is headed in that same direction. Right. Um, I think one last question. I just had it and it just disappeared. Um, Oh, yeah. Have you have you read the original Squadron Supreme? I mean, I know the original is really old. You're talking, are you talking about the original from like the seventies? Yeah. I'm talking about the original from the seventies. Yeah. No, I never have. Okay. I'd be interested in hearing, cause that was one that I, I put Ray on. I was like, this was back when he was subbing for me and he would come and I would leave from comic books. And yeah. I said, have you, have you read the original squadron Supreme? He's like, no. And then he came back and he's like, oh my God, I can't believe I've never read that. It, it, it's not, using the violence it's not de- deconstructing like like watchmen did but it is definitely kind of a commentary on superheroes and it's it's the same idea it's it's the precursor to, i think to all of these where it's kind of like well if there were superheroes what would they do and how would they right. really act and it's you know they use basically the justice league but with different names Right, because that's what Squadron Supreme is—is is basically the Justice League in the Marvel universe, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, it makes it makes you know a lot. You see a lot of the same things. It's not, not definitely not as violent as the boys are at all, but you know they're they're a lot. They're a lot more questionable stuff. And so, yes, from the seventies, it's it's kind of like wow, this is not something that we've seen before. And I think it kind of may be the precursor to, to what we're kind of talking about here. I know cool, one of the, yeah. char- one of the characters is um, radiation based. I think he's supposed to be the, the fire star, not fire star, um, firestorm, firestorm yeah. analog. And um, you know, he's so radioactive that he kills his parents because they get radiation poisoning. You know, it's sure it's that kind of like the, the consequences if these, if these characters were actually alive. So yeah, if you haven't read that one, that's another one to add to the list because I love, very I love cool. That 
Yeah. All right. Well, Otherwise, thank you I think very much we're for both up. Yeah, we're both looking forward to season three whenever that shows up. Definitely, definitely. Like that's that's the one thing that I'm a little well. There are plenty of things I am very concerned about with this uh, <laughs> this pandemic, but when you have a chance to get over the the important things, one of the less important things that I would be concerned about is how when when we're going to hit that lag in media. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. When are we going to hit that point where people have not caught up and we've we've gotten rid of all like we've we've spent all of the the shows that we've been editing from our our home computers and now we have nothing new filmed like where where are we in that because it's got to be coming up <laughs> it's got to be coming up but so much content is being made all the time I think maybe it'll just turn into people discovering old shows they never watched before. This is you know, true. that's that's what we've been doing is, you know, I mean, I'm rewatching Archer and there's another one now with streaming services. Everybody gets to go back and revisit their favorites. Right. That the number because, of kids. What's the show that they're all my kids watch? Um, there's a TV show that all of the kids are watching and it doesn't sound it's not like supernatural or one of those really fanned out about ones. It's criminal minds. Like really, all my kids are watching Criminal Minds. It's weird. Weird. Like yeah. that's because that's a CBS evening show, and those shows specifically are targeted at a demographic of older white women. Uh, obsessed, obsessed with Criminal Minds. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad it's not just me. I'm like, well, maybe I'm missing something. I really am not familiar with the no. show. I don't know what it's about. No, but- I worked. I worked at a CBS station. And my job was to write um, tags for the newscast that would appear during shows like CSI Miami, Criminal Minds. And I was specifically told, and this gives you a bit of an insight into at least the marketing end of local things. These were consultants that came in. Uh, but they they were saying like, this is Susie Homemaker is what they would mm-hmm. say. Like, you need to tease the stories that Susie Homemaker wants to see, not what you think are the most important news stories of the day. And that was where we clashed and I ended up getting fired while I was asked to quit because I kept butting heads with them over what actually constituted news. Um, you know, the newscast didn't change, but in terms of the marketing for the news, the sensationalist, I have 10 seconds to get you to stay I just want you to stay after Criminal Minds and watch the newscast so I get to tease one story. What's it going to be? I was told not to target, you know, teenagers. (laughs) That was certainly not (laughs) who they were expecting to stick around. They're like, it's CBS. CBS evening programming is generally meant for um, older, like, white women. So I find that fascinating. Yeah, because I also have a, a majority of minority students, so mm-hmm. it is definitely a a different demographic than it was originally intended for. But they are like when I say because a lot of my like the the way I am running my classroom is they come in and they have an entry question that they have to to answer, and then an exit question that they have to answer, and then we do all the curriculum in between. But those are the the two like are you here? Are you present? Are you listening? Sure benchmarks. And a lot of times I'll say, what's your favorite this? Because then we'll relate that, you know, and whatever the lesson is, we'll relate that and talk about it based on your, your favorite TV show, your favorite characters, your favorite. And the number of times that they're like, Oh, criminal minds, hands down criminal minds. I'm like, really? Really? Okay. (laughs) Cool. Yup. 
All right. Um, any any shout outs this week? Let me give a shout out to the wife. My wife. She's been very, very cool in uh, podcasting with me in general. Like most of my podcast episodes have been with the wife and that was never intended to be the show. Um, you know, she would do an episode every once in a while and she's actually been doing, we have hopefully a couple more episodes coming up. Um, we did, uh, uh, the episode about our travels and trying to talk about what we did and, and how we did it. But we're also talking about episodes of our 20 for 20, which is 20 things we wanted to accomplish in 2020 and how that all got upended by COVID, but mm-hmm. sort of where we are now in December with those lists, uh, we're talking about doing an episode on, um, um, like unpopular opinions we're looking at doing every year around Thanksgiving, the geek to geek podcast does a giant Q and a it's their one big Q and a. And so I steal all of those questions, even though they don't apply to me for the most part. <laughs> and I go through and do my own version of their Q and a episode. Um, I love those episodes. Those are fun. Both, bo- both directions, both theirs and your, uh, yeah. your versions of them. <laughs> well, honestly for their show, I always try to ask like 50 questions. Like I do a rapid fire, just really, really random questions to ask. I feel like I did that for, um, Katie and Chelsea as well. Yeah. I think you did a few for me too on my 50th. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like the Q and a episodes. It takes me, you know, 15 minutes of sitting down and just writing as many, as many questions as fast as I can write them is what I do for the shows. It doesn't matter that they're good, thoughtful, or will create good content. It's whether (laughs) or not I can get them to do them all. And that, that in and of itself creates the good content. (laughs) Yes, exactly. How about you, Joe? Any shout outs? Yes. Okay. So we've mentioned it a couple times here. I always talk about my students and what I'm doing. Um, this is the first time though, that I am going to ask a favor and do a shameless plug, um, on December 10th, 11th and 12th. And I will have all this information on all my social media and it'll go out everywhere. But on the 10th, 11th or 12th of December at seven o'clock Pacific time, and uh, at 3.30 on the Friday, which is the 11th, my kids are doing a show online. And I have no idea how well this is going to go, but we have a streaming service and they are going to, you, you pay six bucks and you, um, you get to see my kids do their thing on online. So if you are cool with it, check them out. Just because it's my first show with this school, um, it's my first show with these kids, and we are not performing in the ideal situation. So to have them have all these people show up and watch them, I think would be very cool and very, um, very good for their their mental and emotional states right now. Because you've got to remember they they're stuck at home too with all of this, and they don't get to see each other, don't get to do a lot of the things that they would normally do. So be um, sure to post those links. I'll certainly boost. Yes, definitely. How long, how long will the show be? It'll only be an hour. Um, It's called, so what are we doing tonight? And it's by uh, a man named Ian McWethy, I think. And it's basically just a bunch of people trying to figure out what they're going to do. And the people that keep getting invited and just keeps getting wackier and wackier, wackier as it goes along. So, uh, if, if you have an hour, if you have an hour on that weekend to, to dedicate to these kids, I, I know they would very much appreciate it. And I certainly absolutely would appreciate it. So that's my shameless plug. I try not to do it very often. <laughs> oh, awesome. 
All right. Uh, next week, we are going to have Frasley here um, from the Frazzlecast, and him and I are going to geek out about World of Warcraft. So it's going to be – I don't do them that often because I know my listeners are not all World of Warcraft fans, but but next week will be a very World of Warcraft-heavy episode. And then I had mentioned uh, Justine uh, Mastin and uh, Larissa Garski who are the minds behind Starship Therapies, which is just an awesome, awesome podcast. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it because it's fascinating. Um, but they've got a book coming out. And I know I mentioned last week that they were going to be our guests, but we've had scheduling issues. So they're going to be two weeks from now. Um, I am trying very hard to make sure that we are scheduled several weeks out because uh, we are getting back to our um, interview roots. And so hopefully 2021 will be a very good geekitude year. Well, if you ever hit a snag and you don't mind speaking a different language every time you do your opener, let me know. <laughs> well, on that note, I am going to actually put you on the spot. And so I oh, don't God. recommend all of our, all of our uh, <laughs> listeners. Um, would you mind reading the closing for today? <laughs> sure. Uh, toda la música de este episodio es de Ben Sound y se utiliza bajo una licencia Creative Commons. Puedes encontrar más música de Ben Sound en bensound.com. Geek2Tude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows, the Geek2Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, My HGTV Addiction, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, and Sometimes Rob. Also check out our Twitch. That's your show. It's a good show. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamashock. And I've got to get that right because I always say Bamashock and he calls me out on it every time we record. Because Alabama. Isn't it plural? Alabama. Is it Bamashock or Bamashocks? I've, you know. I always thought it was plural. I'm Could I be wrong? I, I right? don't think he look listens. Look up on Twitter right now. Yeah, please do. Because I don't think he listens to this, but I swear for the first three times we recorded this uh, actual play, I got it wrong. And he's like, it's not like Obama. It's like Alabama. And I... Yeah. It, and you know when you get a name wrong and then you get afraid that you're saying it wrong every time you say it? I'm at that point in the relationship. So at least his username, no, it's it's Bama Shocks with a Z at the end. Okay. So Bama Shocks, so it's B-A-M-A-S-H-O-C-K-Z. Bama Shocks. He's a nice guy. Go support He's him. a super nice guy. I had him, uh, yeah. It's one of my favorite stories of having somebody on my show back when it was the comic box. He made a joke about being on the show and I said, great, and booked him. And then he came on. He's like, I don't read comics, but thanks for having me on the show. And we actually, we still had a really good episode though. Yeah, no, he's, he's, we're, we're, we're quite enjoying him on the, on the actual play. He's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Make sure to join our Reddit community. Are we doing Reddit anymore? This is the worst outro, by the way. (laughs) The Reddit's, the Reddit's there. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think we only ever had people post on it. I, I believe discord is the busy one right now. And then Slack is also pretty busy. Yes. Slack is not as busy as discord is though. Discord is okay. almost, hard, almost too hard to keep up with. Really? Okay. I'm only yeah. active on Slack. Apparently I'm in the wrong place then. 
Okay, so join us on Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geek2.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. It's if you like Google Play anymore. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you again. <laughs> it's called it's called like it's called like Google Pod. Yeah, it used to be part of Google Play Music. That went away. So now I think it's just called Podcasts or just Google Podcasts. Wow. Yeah, Google Podcasts. I just opened the app on my phone because I had to reroute all of my – like it transferred my podcasts over, which I guess is – well, actually, no, it didn't. It didn't transfer all my podcasts over. But it was a whole thing of figuring out what episode of Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men I'm on because I'm going mm-hmm. back through the catalog, mm-hmm. right? I'm listening from the beginning. So, um, yeah. So, Google Podcasts. Sorry, do continue. No, I this is – honestly, it's a terrible exit, but – a, it's cleaning up my my show notes, which is wonderful. <laughs> B, I'm finding it wildly entertaining. I don't believe for a minute that you copy and paste over show notes after I'm through with them, Joe. I will have to I have to remember to copy and paste these over. This is causing a lot of complications. <laughs> uh, please leave us a review and spread the word. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Uh, Rob, where can we find you? I'm on Twitter at Noby, K-N-O-W-B-Y, or you can find me wherever you can find the, the geek to geek podcast. Mostly I'm on Slack. Uh, you can find me on Discord if you at me on Discord. I think I'm Rob sometimes on both Discord and Slack. Um, so if you send me a message, I usually show up uh, screaming that I have been summoned and then trying to figure out what the heck people are trying to ask me. Yes. <laughs> I'm still not used to Discord, and I'll see that there's a little, like, you've got a message or you've been mentioned, and I go through searching wildly to try and see it, and sometimes it'll clear it, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, somebody was trying to talk to me. Or you find it, and then you need to, like, figure out how far back to scroll so you have context. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I am failing at Discord, but we, we try. We plug on. Yeah, we want to interact with our listeners, I swear. Rob, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this, especially kind of last minute. No worries. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed being here. Definitely. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Geek.